All right. Hey, let's get into the word this morning. Amen. Amen. So we've been on a series entitled The Voice of God, and we've been talking about hearing the voice of God. How do you hear the voice of God? Um, and we've, we've uh, approached different questions and different things. Um, but, but the main thing I want you all to know throughout this entire series is that you have the capability of hearing God's voice. We're going to say this verse a lot. It's kind of our theme verse for this message out of John 10. It says that my sheep, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. That if you are a believer, if you have accepted Jesus and you are following him with all of your heart, that the word actually says you do hear his voice. Not just that you have the capability to, but you actually do hear his voice. You have everything you need to be able to hear the voice of God. Amen? And there's different ways we've talked about how, how do you know it's the voice of God? So that's kind of the age-old question, right? What if, and we, we ask ourselves this a lot, what if it's not the voice of God I'm hearing? What if it's uh, just my own thoughts that I'm kind of hearing? What if, what if I'm just kind of thinking it myself and I'm thinking maybe it's the voice of God or it's not? Or maybe it's someone else's voice. Maybe I'm just hearing mom's voice or grandma's voice, you know, in the back of my head. Or maybe, maybe it's, we've even gotten here before, maybe it's the devil, right? Like, maybe the devil's trying to trick me here. Like, like I hear God telling me to go pray for somebody, but it's definitely the devil telling me to do that, right? <laughs> like, he's, he's just, he's a, he's a deceiver, right? You know, you know, and, and it's like, how do we understand, how do we know it's God's voice? So we've talked about this a little bit. I, I believe there's one ultimate litmus test to be able to discern whether or not it's the, it's the voice of God. And that is the word of God. That, that everything that we hear has to run through the filter of his word. If it does not line up with his word, I promise you, you are not, that's not the voice of God that you are hearing, right? If you, if you think you're hearing, Hey, uh, there's this young lady that, that I'm really attracted to. And I, th I feel like I hear God telling me to pursue her, but the young lady is already married. I guarantee you that is not the voice of God <laughs> because it doesn't line up with his word. He is not going to go against his word. Amen. You might be asking, well, Josh, there may be instances where the word, the Bible doesn't give an exact answer to maybe whatever it is that I'm, I'm trying to figure out or whatever voice I'm trying to discern is his or not. That's when you have to read the Bible to understand the character of who God is. You have to understand the character of who God is. And when you understand his character, when you read the Bible uh, relationally and understand his character, then you can be able to better discern that voice that you're hearing. And we, uh, we talked about this last week, that, that the character of God, he is peace. He is joy. He is kindness. He is hope. He always is redemptive. So if the voice you are hearing does not line up with those attributes of God, then, it's, then you can understand and you can discern that it's not the voice of God. If it's not redemptive in nature, then it's not him. Because you understand the character of God. I, I want to correct something I said a few weeks ago. I, I said the Bible, uh, I, I said, you know, you've all heard the expression, the Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth, right? And I think after I said that, I said, well, that's a lie. Well, that's, that's not necessarily true. I, I didn't mean to say that was a lie. The Bible can absolutely be instructional. It absolutely gives us instruction. 
So, so it's not a lie. That was a very poor choice of words there. I think I was just in the moment. I was like, that's a lie. You know, like just the preacher came out. It's, it's not a lie. The Bible is absolutely instructional, but it's more than that. The Bible does give us instructions, but it gives us, it's the Father giving us instruction. And we can come to the Word not only to receive instruction, but to find out, to be introduced. I, I, let me say it this way. I think this is a better way to say it. I think the Bible can give us instruction, but I believe its primary goal and objective is to introduce us to our Father. Introduce us to the character of who God is. And when you know the character of God, then you are able to better discern that voice you are hearing because you know him. And when you know him, you know his voice. Amen? Amen. So those are some of the things we've been talking about. So you might be sitting there thinking this, though. Josh, this is all great. But what do I do if I mess it up? What do I do if I feel like I hear God saying, Josh, go quit your job. And then I do what you say, Josh. I go to the word and I, I try to look, okay, is this, is this God? And then you see, you see Peter, he left, he dropped his nets, right? He left his job and he followed Jesus. And that seemed to work out pretty good for him, right? So check, you know, that's, that's in the scripture. I, I do feel, I guess, some peace about this. So check. So, so let's say, Josh, I do go ahead and quit my job. And then I end up homeless, pushing a stolen grocery cart, living under a bridge because I missed it. Because it wasn't God's voice. How do I handle that? What if I miss it? My answer, my first answer to that, that question is this. I feel like a lot of times we're always asking, is this the voice of God? What if this is, or let me say it this way. What if this is not the voice of God? And we missed the more important question of what if it is the voice of God? We're, we get so concerned on whether or not we're going to miss it. That, that we, we play this game and we, we fight this game within ourselves that we don't ever stop to think that what if this is the word of God and I don't step out and I miss, I spend all this time fighting with myself and I miss the opportunity that the voice of God is leading me to. Why don't we begin asking that question? What if it is God's voice? What if he is leading me to something else? What if, what if he is talking to me? I don't know how many times I felt the nudge of God to go pray for somebody, some stranger, you know, in the supermarket or talk to somebody about Jesus. And you, listen, you can all relate to this. And you have this fight within yourself of like, is this really God? Like, is he actually telling me to go pray? I don't know. And you have this fight, this struggle. And it's like in our minds, for some reason, we think like, oh, if I go and pray for this person and God didn't actually tell me to, then God's going to punish me. And I'm going to completely, you know, disturb someone's soul for the rest of their lives if I miss it. You know, like we have this internal fight within ourselves of is it God, is it not God? And, and, and we need to begin, begin to ask ourselves, what if it is God? I think we need to begin to trust our own discernment better. John 10, 27, again, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Listen, you are his son and his daughter. And I think we need to just learn to be able to trust that discernment within ourselves better, that you can hear the voice of God. Amen? We have to begin to trust our own discernment better. 
Last night, Cameron and I were uh, able to go to this graduation ceremony for this ministry uh, called Redefined Life uh, Ministries. And what this is, is it's a, it's a mentorship program where they take young men uh, who are maybe not necessarily, well, let, let me just tell you, the, the whole vision behind it is this, the, the gentleman, his name's Lewis, he's, he, uh, he was a, grew up in, in a pastor's family and became a pastor himself, but he also was a social worker. And so he began seeing these kids who were in trouble, that were getting in the system. And what he noticed was that there was all kinds of programs for kids after they've gotten in the system, after they've gotten into trouble. But there really wasn't a lot of things before they gotten into trouble to keep them out of the system. So he decided to start this program. And he, he told us, uh, he told us the story last night of how this whole thing began. And so Lewis, like I told you, he was, he was a social worker and he worked, uh, for the Madison County, um, whatever office that is, whatever it's called, but he worked there in Madison County as a social worker. He said he loved his job, loved everything about it, had a great job, uh, had been there for a little while. And then all of a sudden he began just feeling like the Lord was telling him that he had something else coming down the pipeline for him, but he needed him to be all in, in order to, in order to fulfill this, this calling that was on his life. And in order to be all in, the Lord told him, I'm going to need you to leave your job. And Lewis is like, okay, what is it Lord? And, 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 uh, the Lord was just like, well, once again, I need you just to trust me. So I need you just to leave your job. And before any of you go, well, God wouldn't do that. Let me, uh, let me take you to the story of Moses, right? Where Jesus tells Moses, leave, leave your land that you've lived in in your family and go to the land that I will show you. Like Moses got real good at camping because he had no idea where he was going. God just said, leave and I'll show you. Let me take you to the disciples, right? Jesus goes to Peter and says, drop your nets and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What does that mean, Jesus? <laughs> What's a fishers of men, right? But he, but he tells him to drop your nets and he takes him on this adventure. So, so God tells Lewis, he says, I need you to leave your job and I'll lead you through this path. And, and there's going to be, it's going to be an incredible journey. And I have this incredible thing for you. So Lewis goes home and he talks to his wife and, and uh, his wife at first, of course, is like, what? Leave your job? Like, what, what are you going to do? And I don't know. God just told me to leave my job. Well, okay. You know, so uh, incredible woman of God, because she said, let's do this thing. You know, they were in it together. So he goes in, he quits his job, not knowing a clue what God's have has in plan for in store for him. So he's kind of searching the Lord's talking to him, but there's the picture's still not clear. The pandemic hits and things go crazy. Right. And, uh, he has his buddy, his name's Q who feels, uh, the Lord telling him, to go to a nearby parking lot to set up a little PA system in his truck on, on uh, Palm Sunday, 2019, and just begin preaching in the parking lot. So Q does it. He puts a PA system in his truck. He goes to the parking lot. He begins preaching uh, to the parking lot, <laughs> and people start showing up. They have an incredible service. The guy, a guy comes up to Q, and he says, are you going to do this next week? And Q's like, Absolutely. You know, we're going to keep doing this. So, so he calls, Q calls Lewis up and he's like, 
dude, I just preached in this parking lot. All these awesome things happen. And I, you know what? And, and, and Lou was like, that's awesome, man. I'm so glad you listened to what God's telling you and all this stuff. And he says, you know what, though, Lou? I, I feel like God's telling me you're supposed to preach next week. And Lou's like, what? <laughs> like, like, I'm glad you're doing what God tells you to do, but do you got to drag me into it? You know, like, so he's like, all right, you know, if the Lord says it, let's do it. So he goes and he preaches that next Sunday. Uh, more people show up and they ask him, Lou, are you going to be back next Sunday? He says, oh, I guess so. You know, so they, they begin doing this and they begin drawing a crowd. I think the paper even came and did an interview with them and just uh, really incredible things happening. Well, through that connection, and this is where the story gets a little fuzzy for me. So somehow, <laughs> somehow he made this connection through that with this lady who had an office building for rent. And he looks at Q, his buddy, and he says, well, I I'm kind of getting a little bit clearer of a picture. I know we're, I'm supposed to be doing some sort of mentorship thing. I don't know exactly what it looks like. It's still really vague, but, but I guess if we're going to do this thing, we're going to need an office building. And so his buddy looks at him and he says, okay, well, let's go find out. So they go to the lady and, and they ask her, you know, how much does it cost? And she says a little, it's a little over $200 for the rent. And Lou looks at his bank account and he's, he, you know, hasn't had a job for a little bit of time now and has $110 in his bank account. He looks at his buddy Q and he's like, I, I don't know what we're going to do. And, and Q looked at him and said, oh, is this, is this, is this God? And, and Lou's like, I think so. So he's like, all right. Give me your 110 bucks. I'll give you 110 bucks. We'll make this happen. You know, so they, they put their first month's rent down, no money left in the bank account, but they're just doing what God told them to do. So they rent out this office building. The lady who rents out the building comes up to Lewis and Q a little bit later. And he said, she says, well, what, what is this exactly that you're wanting to do? And they're like, well, we don't know for sure. We know we're supposed to be some sort of mentorship thing, but we don't really have any idea what that looks like yet. And she looks at him and she says, you know what? My son's been in some trouble lately. And I would love it if he could be your very first kid. I would love it if he could be your very first kid that you mentor and that goes through your program. And then, so they take on this kid and, and they begin developing this program. Last night we witnessed them graduating eight kids out of this program. They have a waiting list for next year. His plan right now is to graduate over 40 kids next year through this program. In, in the room with us in this graduation ceremony, there are several judges and community members from the community there in Elwood who are supporting this financially, who are supporting this with their time, who are giving of this because they so believe in what Lou is doing. They so believe in the vision of what he is doing, and they've so seen the, the, the product that it produces in these kids. All because he listened to the voice of God. All because he chose to be obedient. Even when he had no idea what the future held, he chose to listen to the voice of God. What would have happened if Lou would have just fought with that? Is this God? Is it not? Back and forth and, and just, just kept fighting with that and never actually stepped out on the word that he believed God shared with him. 
what would have happened? I guarantee you we wouldn't have gone to a graduation ceremony last night. Who knows what kind of trouble those kids would have found themselves in in the future if Lou had not just listened and said yes to the voice of God. Lou is now, he, you got to meet Lou. Someday we're going to bring him in here because Lou is, uh, he's amazing. But Lou has a huge vision. He, he, his vision is to see, this is, this is the beginning of his vision. He wants to see, he calls it a village. He calls it the village. He wants to see a village in every city, in every school program in the, the state of Indiana. And that's the beginning. Eventually he wants to see it throughout the nation. But he wants to see a village in every city in Indiana. Amen. And, and the exciting thing is we're, we're beginning to get connected and we're hoping, we're believing that we're going to see a village here within our school system. And we can begin grabbing these kids out of the fire. Amen. Begin, you know, you know, this, sorry, this is my soapbox here. This is the most fatherless generation that has ever existed outside of war. Outside of war, this is the most fatherless generation that has ever existed. These kids need these kinds of programs. What would have happened if Lou would have wrestled with it and never stepped out in faith believing that this was the word of God? Amen? We have to begin trusting that voice we are hearing. I'm going to end with this story here. So you might be thinking, Josh, this is all great. This is all good. But what? this question still remains. What if I mess this up? What if Lou would have stepped out in faith and uh, quit his job and then nothing ever came about after it? Like, Josh, how, what do I do with that? How do I handle those situations? The other day, Malachi and I were out in front uh, putting mulch down around the house in our flower beds. Amber had taken Eden to violin practice. And so we were like, we're going to surprise mom and try to get some of this mulch down before she gets home. So he comes out and he's, he's helping me lay mulch, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. No, no, I don't want you to come up here. <laughs> he's a little showboater, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's... So we're, we're putting mulch down. We're spreading mulch in the, in the front yard and Malachi's helping me. So. So we have to, before we can lay the new mulch down, we have to rake up some of the old mulch that's there and, and, uh, and get rid of it. So Malachi wanted to help, so he, he takes the garden rake and he begins raking uh, some of the old mulch into piles. And so he's doing a pretty good job, but as he's doing it, he kind of, he gets a little too deep and he grabs the, the weed barrier underneath and begins pulling it up and kind of messing it up. And so I'm like, hey, that's all right, buddy. It's okay. And so I kind of showed him how to fix it and how to do it right. And then, uh, then we begin scooping it up into the wheelbarrow to put it away. And if he wants to do that, so, you know, he's, he's like, give me the shovel. So I give him the shovel. He scoops it up. He goes to put it in the wheelbarrow. And of course, about half of it gets in the wheelbarrow. Half of it ends up on the ground. And so we just kind of laugh. And then I make him pick it all up. <laughs> like, it's all right, buddy. Go ahead and just get down there and get all that picked up. So, so he does that. He picks it up. And so, all right, we got to wheel it off now, wheel it off. And so he, he uh, wants to push the wheelbarrow. So, you know, I'm like, all right, let's go for it. So he begins pushing the wheelbarrow and uh, I show him how to do it, you know, how to pull the wheelbarrow right and all that. Well, about three or four times later, we get most of it to where we were going to go dump it. The rest of it ended up in the yard in a few different little piles, you know, tipping it over a few times. So we get that part of the job done and now it's time for the new mulch. 
So we got the bags of mulch over uh, sitting in the driveway. And so I go over and I show him, I'm like, okay, here's how you pick up the bag of mulch. And I show him how to hoist it up there on his shoulder. And, and, uh, and so he's big and strong guy. So he, he's able to get a whole bag on his shoulder. And I say, okay, buddy, we need about four bags right here. Then about another four bags right over here. So I'm like, I'm going to go start spreading it. You just begin bringing over the bags. I need four here and about four here. So he begins bringing them over and he's dropping them over right where I tell him to put them. Doing a great job. So he walks over, he's got four bags and he's walking over with the fifth one and he comes over and he throws it on the bags with, you know, over on the side with the, where we've already gotten the four bags, all the bags we needed. So I'm like, Hey buddy, that's all right. But we, we don't need any more bags over here. We need them over here this next time. He's like, all right, dad, I got it. So he goes and he gets another bag and he walks over and he puts it right by the fifth one. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's, that's all right, buddy. No big deal. But we don't need any more bags over here. We've got plenty. Go ahead and start putting them, you know, over here on this side. He's like, all right, dad, I got it. So he goes over and gets another bag and he brings it over and he puts it right by the fifth one. By the time we're done, we have about 10 bags on the side that I need four bags. And I'm like, hey, bud, that's great. You know, he's like, dad, did I do good? I'm like, dad, buddy, you did awesome. That was perfect. And so he's like, all right, dad, I need a break. <laughs> so, so I'm like, hey, that's cool, man. So he goes in, he grabs us some bottles of water. And as he's getting us some bottles of water, I go and I pick up all the bags, you know, that were in the wrong spot and begin putting them in the right spot. And it all worked out good. We got the mulch mostly down. There's still some more to do. So if after service, you're bored, we got some more mulch to put down. Cam and Holly, I think, have some too. We'll just make it a church work day. Just don't put it next to the fifth one. Just make sure you put them where I tell you to, all right? No. But we get, we get the job done. The point of the story is this. The point of the story is this. I, I told Malachi where to put the bags of mulch, right? And he said, yes, dad, I got it. And he, he put him, he put him somewhere that I didn't tell him to, right? He was close, but he was, he didn't do exactly what I had spoken to him, exactly what I had said. The point of it is this, two things. Number one, there was no reason for me to be frustrated with him because it was his innocence of listening to dad. He just, he just didn't totally understand what I was saying. And I, there was nothing in me that was frustrated, Right. I wasn't frustrated he missed the, the wheelbarrow. I wasn't frustrated he dropped it a couple times. I wasn't frustrated he messed up the, 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 uh, the weed barrier. It, it, it didn't bother me. I was just happy to be working outside with my son, to be able to teach him a good work ethic and to, to be able to just hang out with him. Like that, that pleased my heart. I didn't really care that he didn't get it perfectly right. Let me tell you, the Father is not in heaven judging whether or not you get every word right. He's not in heaven saying, oh, they just, they missed it here. They didn't get it. They didn't understand. He, he's not frustrated with you. Let me tell you, the Father is just happy that you are seeking, with, seeking him. He's thrilled that you are willing enough to, to be obedient to what you believe you heard him say. And the second thing is this, there was not one thing Malachi did that I couldn't fix. There was not one thing he got wrong that I couldn't come back and fix. 
There is not one thing that you can do wrong when you are trying to obey God and purity of heart. There is not one thing you can do wrong that your father can't come back and fix. I actually believe that, that you can't miss the voice of God when you're seeking him and you're diligently in purity trying to obey his word and his voice. I don't think it's actually even possible for you to get it wrong. Let me say it this way. If we believe that there is grace for us when we sin and we mess up and we fall short, how much more grace is there when we are seeking him with all of our heart and we're doing our very best to discern and hear his voice? How much more grace is there for us if maybe we just misheard him a little bit? I want to tell you there is grace for you to hear his voice. I actually don't believe you can mess up hearing his voice when you are seeking him in all purity. There's a familiar verse in Romans chapter 8, verse 20, well, I'm going to read verse 27 through verse 28. Let me read it to you out of the New Living. It says, And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. I love how the Passion Translation translates this verse here. I want to read it to you. It says in Romans chapter 8, 27, it says, God, the searcher of the hearts, He knows your heart. He knows your motives. He knows what you're trying to accomplish. He knows when your heart is pure. He's the searcher of the heart. He sees your heart. And he knows fully our longings. Yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones. In perfect harmony with God's plan in our destiny. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. This verse is saying that God knows your heart, but he also knows his will. He knows your destiny. He knows the plan he has for you. And God is so masterful that he can weave our actions that are done in purity and his will together. He is, he is so masterful that, that even if maybe you step off the path a little bit, he is able to say, hey, no big deal. I can get you right where you need to be. I can weave together your life and my plan so perfectly that I will get you where you need to be. You know, I think a lot of times we think that that we have one path for our life. Like we have one way to get there. And if somehow we mess up and we go down the wrong path, that we are just going to miss our entire lives. And I actually don't think God, I, I don't think God works like that. I don't think there's just one way for us to, re to get to our destiny. I think God is so good that no matter what path we take, if we take it in purity and seeking him, 
with all of our hearts. Listen, that's important. I hope you all hear that. The filter of everything I'm saying is that it's done in purity of seeking him and pursuing him with everything that we have. That I believe that if we are pursuing him and we are being as obedient as we can to his voice, that he can make everything work together for our good. I actually don't think you can mess up hearing God's voice. I actually think you can't get it wrong, that he is so good. He is so good that he can make everything work out for our good. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want to just pray two things over us today. You can go ahead and stay seated there, but I want you just to be in a posture to receive this morning. I just felt like there was two things I needed to pray over us this morning concerning this. The first thing I want to pray over us this morning is that we would not fear missing the voice of God. That we would not be afraid that the voice that we hear, and we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be on that roller coaster of, is this God, is this not God? That we would not have that fear of missing his voice. So Jesus, I just pray over our congregation this morning. God, I pray over your sheep, Father. God, that they would have a confidence in your voice. God, that they would have a confidence that they can hear what you are saying to them, Jesus. God, that they can have a confidence that, that whatever step they take in obedience will be met with grace, will be met with love, will be met with hope. Father, I pray, Lord, that uh, perfect love, as your word said, that perfect love casts out all fear. So God, God, that they wouldn't spend their life wondering whether or not it's your voice and being fear that they're going to mess it up and somehow screw up their life or make you mad. God, God, that that's not even on their radar anymore, that all fear would be dispelled by perfect love. And God, that they would have a confidence in your voice, that they would have a confidence that when you speak to them, that they can hear you, that they are your sons and daughters and that they know your voice, that they are the sheep that know the shepherd's voice. So God, the first thing I do this morning is I cast out, I just pray that all fear would be gone in the name of Jesus. That all doubt would be gone in the name of Jesus. And that our people would be able to step out in full assurance of faith that they know, that they know, that they know your voice. That they know your voice. They know the shepherd's voice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. The second thing that I want to pray over you this morning is, is for those who maybe, those who are maybe uh, afraid that they have missed his voice at some point in time. Those that maybe feel like they stepped out in faith and, and you, maybe you're in that season right now where you've stepped out in faith for something and, and you're unsure of whether or not it was the right thing or not. I just felt to say this over you, that God the Father is pleased with you. That God the Father is pleased with you. That he is not up there with some sort of, some sort of tally, some sort of book on whether or not you got this right or got that right. But that the Father, just like when, when I was working with Malachi in the garden, that, that I was just so thrilled that my son wanted to come out and work with me. I was just so happy that I could just be with him and that I could teach him and that I could lead him and, and show him some things that I, I want to say to you this morning that the father is pleased with you. 
that he's so thrilled that you stepped out in faith and obedience. And that there is grace for that step of obedience. That he honors that step of obedience. That you don't have to worry right now whether or not it was the right call or not. Because he's, he's saying to you that, that the step, the purity of your motives, the purity of your heart, and that step of faith, that, that purity it was exactly what you were supposed to do. And that he is so pleased with your obedience. And that he loves you. And that he's thrilled that he can go on this journey with you, this adventure that, that you don't even know what's ahead of you right now. But he knows exactly what's ahead of you. And he's so excited to be able to take you on that journey with him of obedience and that adventure of stepping out in faith. The Father is pleased with you. Thank you, Jesus. And maybe there's some in this room this morning that feel like you have heard the voice of God and you've been in that roller coaster ride of is this God, is this not God, should I... Should I step out and do this? Should I hold back and, and wait? Well, I don't want to mess this up. Once again, I just declare that fear is gone and that you can move confidently forward in the voice that you heard. As you're moving in purity, as you, as you align yourself with the word and his character, and as you step forth in purity of your motivation being just obedience to the Father, I just declare over you that there is no fear in that in Jesus' name. And that you can step confidently forward knowing that you can hear and discern his voice. And that there is grace for that step of obedience. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we are so thankful for your voice. God, we are so thankful. God, that, that you never stop talking. God, that John tells us that you are the word. God, and that, that, you, that you do speak to us, Father. God, I thank you that we, your sheep, know your voice. God, we just inherently know your voice. God, and that as we spend time with you, God, that we know that voice more and more and more. Father, I thank you that even now, as we've been going through this series, I, I really believe that this series is extremely timely. We didn't just come up with this, this series to just talk about, but, but that this, or this series was ordained from the Lord. And I know that's been confirmed in several people just telling us that this was the perfect moment for this because of stuff they're going through. I know that this season, this, this series is, is intentional from the Lord. And so I, I believe that as we are going through this series and as we begin wrapping it up, I believe the Lord is going to begin speaking things to this congregation, that you are going to begin hearing things from the Lord of directions to go with your life, of things maybe to step out and do. I, I think that there's going to be just this incredible season where the Lord's voice just begins speaking to hearts of creative ideas and creative ministries and creative ways to reach your community or the people at your work. And, and you're going to begin hearing and experiencing the voice of God in just incredible ways. And I want to declare over you that you can step out in full faith and assurance and obedience as he begins speaking to you. Some of you he's already begun speaking to. Some of you are, are about to begin hearing his voice like you never have before. 
And I want to declare that you are his sheep and you know his voice. Thank you, Father. God, we honor you today. We love you so much, Lord. I thank you for your voice. I thank you for grace and obedience. And we honor you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I hope that helped today. I hope, I hope you understand that you don't have to be worried on whether or not you're going to miss it. When your heart is pure, there is grace to hear his voice. Amen. We love you all so much. Thank you for being here. Congratulations to all the graduates. Uh, looking forward to see how the Lord works in your life. We'll see you all next week. We love you all.